Welcome back everyone. I am here with Mike Schuff and we are again joined by Ian Nix, council member of QTAG and the font of all knowledge when it comes to pool water chemistry. Today we are delving into the relationship between pH and chlorine. If you want to ask us any questions about today's podcast, then please send us an email, pooltalkuk at outlook.com, or find us on Facebook and get in contact with us there. We hope you enjoy the show. Hello, everybody. Earlier in this program of podcasts, we heard Ian Nix discuss with Rebecca and me the implications of the new chemical parameters that are now the industry recommendations for operators to maintain within their pools. This is another chance to listen to one of the best-known voices from the industry to expand on some of those points. Ian Nix. Ian, how are you this morning? Very well indeed. Yourselves? Not so bad at all, thanks. Interesting you said, Ian, about if we were having this discussion in um, in uh, Western Europe, Germany, etc. Et, et I was quite fortunate, nearly 12 months ago now, in January, February, March, I was working in uh, Holland and Germany, reviewing pools over there for them. Talking about pH there, the number seven doesn't appear anywhere. It's uh, 6.5, 6.8. Holland, for instance, everything is 6.8. Germany, 6.5, 6.6. Some of the operators were quite surprised that the UK has still still got a a seven in the number. Yeah, I think think what has happened, and we're all probably as guilty, is that I think in the UK it would be fair to say, without criticism, that we've always chased chlorine levels. Whereas in other countries, they have scientifically looked at pH values. Mm. Yeah. So I think all, all it means to us, which is very well, very beneficial to us, is that we've got to start now and look at the pH value rather than just trying to chase chlorine levels. Because certainly, um, as we said earlier on, I mean, our careers as a duty manager, my boss would walk through in the morning first thing and say, what's the chlorine level? Yeah. Never, never even asked what the pH value was because we've just chased the chlorine levels. Well, certainly when I was managing, I, I'd say to my staff, what's the pH value? Oh, 7.5, boss. Right. Let's get some acid in and get the pH down. Yeah. And, and same with superchlorination to a certain extent, uh, as people on Putag would say. Uh, we tend now to say don't superchlorinate or what we used to call shock dose swimming pools, because if you've got a pH of 7.5, that shock dosing is not really going to work anyway. Mm. So, so, so you're right. All three of us this morning, we're right. It's the pH value that we've got to start and concentrate on. And what would you say to pe- people who have a tendency to keep the pH, you know, within the levels, etc., but who might be a little bit nervous in the UK because we're used to having that seven in the number of keeping the pH at the lower levels in line with the guidance that Putag have brought out. Um, I, I can see the hesitancy of why people would do it when for so long that we've kept pH of 7.4, 7.6, even 7.8 in some cases. But I think th- this is a new dawn. Uh, I, I'm excited that we're now talking in 2020, 2021, and actually getting pools running properly. Uh, And there's no reason at all why most pools today will work with automatic dosing equipment. And over the past three months, I've been to so many plant rooms, dealt with so many inquiries. Uh, Just go back to your machine, whichever one you've got, and drop the pH down to pH 7, 7.2. And most people are coming back and saying, it's not even causing us a problem now. It's just something, I think, Rebecca, that we've not thought of before. And now this gives us the opportunity, very, very excitingly, we, we can now change the way that we've been operating swimming pools for, for the good. 
I, th I think there's there's two points there, Ian, which which I'd like to make mention of. Um, first of all, when it was first announced way back in July that pH should be dropped down to uh, seven to seven two, uh, people were quite concerned. They had been always used to seven two to seven six. That was the gospel according to pH. Mm. Um, you know, wh whatever your holy book might be. Um, but when you think about it, bring the pH down to seven point zero. The water is just about neutral. It's neither acidic nor alkaline. Right. Seven point zero is 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 neutral. And the other point is, um, which you highlighted then quite rightly, that there's very little good that's come out of these lockdowns and the, the pandemic. There's been so many tens of thousands of tragedies. But in terms of pool operation, it has given the opportunity to operators to take a step back and think exactly what they should be providing. Um, I think you're dead right. Low pH in terms of pools hopefully is here to stay. We may get back in the fullness of time to lower free chlorine levels. We're not sure yet. Okay. And as long as that pH is, is very low, then whatever the level of free chlorine is, the active part of it is greater and therefore is doing a better job. Yeah, th that is what we three uh, this morning and, and the rest of the trainers for iOS uh, and Palm and Brio and so on, who are affiliated with uh, Puto, is that what we've got to do now is we've got to set out when we train staff now, we've got to go a lot deeper into the effect of pH. Yeah. Because certainly, like you two, no doubt, if I'm in front of a class and we draw up the 0 to 14 pH and we say, right, where does lemon juice fall in this? Where does caustic soda fall in this? And so on. Very few of the students understand fully that the fact that when you measure pH, you're measuring pH along a scale and not a quantity. Yeah. I, I've seen poor log sheets with a pH of 7.2 parts per million because nobody's ever questioned it. And I think what we've got to do now, as you quite rightly say, Mike, is whatever happens to the chlorine levels, which I, I think they will come down again eventually, the pH offers us a new opportunity now to, to run pools as we should do. And just to pick up on a point you said there, pH of 7 is neutral. A lot of people think if you drop below pH 7, it is acidic. Well, as you know, uh, uh, with the risk of boring you, we know that the pH is a logarithmic scale. So from 7 to 6 is 10, 6 to 5 is 10, which becomes 100 from 7 and so on and so on and so on. Is that to, to, to get a problem with the human body, we would have to drop pHs past pH 5. And a lot of products on the market, um, exfoliation, for instance, is pH 5.5. You see it advertised on television. Uh, pH balanced shampoos. And I think it's the opportunity now within swimming pools to, to get back to basics and say, right, pH is the most important thing. Let's go with that. When you and I had enough hair to shampoo, Ian, we could go into, into a shop and actually buy a, a branded shampoo that was actually called PH 5.5. That's right. Yeah. Still available. Great stuff. Yep. Um, yep. I'm, I'm sure a lot of the listeners to this podcast will be able to re relate to that. Okay. But um, again, you know, the listeners to this podcast um, are beginning to get beginning to get used to low pH mm. and slightly higher than free chlorine. I think the message we've got to get out is not to the, to the uh, people who are already there and actually seeing no real difference, no real problems, we say, but we need to get out to those people who do not know this yet. And there are still a lot of pool operators um, who haven't had the message that pH needs to come down. Yes. And the reason it needs to come down 
is to make that element of the disinfectant that you're using, the hypochlorite-based disinfectant, to become more actively um, working as a disinfectant to destroy bacteria. Yeah, you, you've got it. Uh, I mean, we've mentioned this morning, hopefully not in a confusing way, that when we test our pool water for chlorine, DPD-1, if, if we use those reagents, then we're testing for the free available chlorine. What we're not testing for, of course, is the active free chlorine, which you mentioned at the start of this broadcast. Um, it's the active free chlorine, which depends on the pH value. Now, it has been suggested by, by some that perhaps we should have another column on our pool log sheets that says the active free chlorine within the free available chlorine and pH. It might be going a little bit too far for some operatives, but at the same time, we've got to get people thinking that if the pH is this value and the chlorine level is this, what is the active free chlorine? Because it's the active free chlorine that's going to kill the bacteria, break down the viruses within our pools. So it is, it's a double header. It's the low chlorine level and the active free chlorine in the water. Can you explain the difference um, between free the free available chlorine and the free active chlorine? Because I think a lot of the time that's confused and it's not quite understood. Yeah, that, that is only recently really reared its head from Putag through Ralph Riley, which has been brilliant in a way. When we put chlorine into a pool, we've got our pump in our plant room that is clicking away, putting chlorine in. That's what we, up until recently, always called our free chlorine. And that's what we've measured with our DPD-1 or reagent tablets in the water. That is just the free chlorine that's there to fight the bacteria. That is not telling us, Rebecca, how effective that chlorine is. It's just telling us there's an amount. In other words, your salary is £1,000 a month. That's your free chlorine. What you haven't said is how much your mortgage is, which is £500. So you've actually only got £500 active chlorine in the water. And that's the way that I, I try to explain it, that the free chlorine is the amount that's going into the water. The active free chlorine is what is being used to kill the bacteria, break down the viruses, because the pH value is under control. And can you can you test that? Is it a formula that you that you get that number from? How Not at the moment, no. Not at the moment. And that, that's why Putag have been doing all the extensive work uh, through the summer. Uh, and we've just actually released a new technical note, uh, which is out at the moment, It'll be published shortly, uh, with two graphs, tables on it, that says to us, if our pH is this value and our free available chlorine level is this, this is the active free chlorine. So there is no reason why in a month, two months time, when it's published properly, that every pool in the UK could have this chart and they can see exactly if their pH value is this and their free available chlorine is this, this is the active chlorine in their pool. So in, in other words, yes, there is not a calculation we need to do, but the calculation is there, it's done for us. And that actually might help people to understand the relationship between free available chlorine and pH because they can actually see it. Exactly, yes, yeah. Now, now if that means uh, a third column on our pool log sheets where they do that table calculation, fine. I've got no problem with that. But we don't want to make it so onerous that, once again, people just, just don't do it. Mm. As they do at the moment, if they get more than five milligrams per litre in the pool, they just put two arrows saying it's too high. You know, we, we don't actually see what it is. So to take 
rather than have an operative have to calculate what the active free chlorine is, we've actually given them a table that tells them what it is. If their pH value is excess and their free available chlorine is, it will tell them what's, what's available and what's active in the water. Okay, and thanks for outlining all that, but there's, there's one area which we haven't mentioned yet. We've now got low pH, we've got slightly higher uh, available chlorine levels, what about combined chlorine? Because we now could have um, the DPD1 result, which people refer to as free chlorine, uh, depends where they, where they sample from, of 2, 2.1, 2.2. What about the relationship between that and combined chlorine then, please? Right, well, for, for many years, my opinion has been that we've been teaching this wrongly. Um, we're leading into I what agree. we call breakpoint break chlorination. The, the fact is that, once again, comparing us with Europe, we, we as bathers are dirty when we get into a swimming pool. Now, any operative will know the free available chlorine is measuring the amount of chlorine in the water available to kill the bugs. But it's not just the bugs we have to be careful of. It's whatever the bathers start to bring in. Um, underarm spray, urine, um, sweat, so on and so forth. Defecation we'll deal with uh, at another time. But if we get in all this organic, inorganic material in the pool, then inevitably it will have an effect on chlorine levels. And that is why a lot of people will say, oh, I can smell the chlorine in the water, there must be too much chlorine in, or it stings my eyes, there must be too much chlorine in. When we know that in effect, it's because there isn't enough free available chlorine in the water to kill the bacteria and break the viruses down as well as react with all the chemicals that's being brought into the pool. Now a, a lot of people for instance don't understand that underarm spray, uh, antiperspirants, they contain a chemical that we put into swimming pool called a flocculant, PAC or aluminium sulfate. Now you spray under your arms and get into a pool, you are actually putting another chemical that we use into a pool. Now that will affect the chlorine level. So combined chlorine really is just an, an amalgamation of all the excess chemicals in the water um, from urine, from sweat, from the chemicals from our body that we don't really want there. And that is down to our bather to shower and use pre-swim hygiene facilities at any pool. Now, the problem is, Mike, Rebecca, combined chlorine. If combined chlorine starts to get high, you will start getting an effect on the bather. And in previous years, we've always said that we should have at least twice the free available chlorine to combined chlorine. And unfortunately, that has given us an unwritten license that if we've got a free available chlorine at three milligrams per litre, we can have 1.5 combined chlorine. No, because the, the current swimming pool water treatment book, the blue book as we call it, on page 89 definitely says, and I agree with this totally, that combined chlorines should be zero in a swimming pool. Because if we get combined chlorine, it means we've got organic, inorganic pollution from our bathers and the environment. Now, if we get combined chlorine, then we've got to start and say, right, okay, we need to break this down. And I'm pleased to say today, that we are doing this when we're installing ultraviolet radiation as we used to with ozone plants and so on. And I certainly get young, young operatives now ringing me saying, Ian, we've got a problem with our pool. We've got no combined chlorine. Well, have you had anybody in? Oh, not for two days. Are you on UV? Yes. 
Well, that's why you haven't got any combined chlorine because it's being, it's not being put in by the bather. And if it was, the ultraviolet would be taking it out anyway. So I think what we've got to say is combined chlorine should be zero. If we do get combined chlorine, it should never, ever, ever get more than one milligram per litre in our pool, combined chlorine. And that's obviously the calculation between our DPD-1 free available chlorine, our DPD-3 total chlorine. We subtract one from the other. That gives us our combined. A, it should never, ever be above one milligram per litre. And B, we used to talk about breakpoint being two to one. I, I want to get rid of that this morning, if I can, and say the combined chlorine needs to be as low as possible. So and if when, when, when we say now, you know, this is an opportunity, and I agree entirely with you, this is an opportunity, we've, we can explain the reason why pH in the pool needs to be lower. Yeah. Okay. We can explain the reason why at the moment, while, while we are still in this um, COVID pandemic uh, period, why the free available chlorine needs to be higher. And to achieve that, um, the recommendation is that it should be between 1.5 milligram per litre and 3 milligram per litre. Mm -hmm. But it's also the opportunity to maybe change the emphasis away from two to one to no more than one, ideally zero, but no more than one. Now, in a pool that uses UV, it is possible to get that combined chlorine down to 0, 0.0. Yes. Yep. In a pool that doesn't use UV, um, that's not quite so easy. And I'm, I'm also aware at the moment, because of this um, higher free chlorine level, uh, for the reasons you, you mentioned, I know pools that are actually beginning to turn their UV system off. Um, but if UV is not used, then first thing in the morning, you can still get a, a quite a low but um, uh, existing uh, combined chlorine reading. And the reason for that, without UV, there are, there are some elements within combined chlorine, protein, for instance, which is not destroyed by chlorine. In fact, it's, it's enhanced by chlorine. That's right. Yeah. So, you know, for the, for the pool operator that doesn't have ultraviolet light, then there will be a combined chlorine reading, but yes. it should not be allowed to rise above one, 1.0 milligram per litre. And if it does, what advice would you give? to that operator. Right, well, well certainly I, I would just, if I, if I may modify what you've just said, I, I don't want it getting anywhere near one milligram per litre because that would presume with the old break point that the free chlorine has got to be two, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. What I'd be saying is, I'd be saying, right, let's control the bathing load particularly if we've got an old pool with a, with a, with a, a long turnover period, let's get pre-swim hygiene in place. And then the one that we're very poor at at the moment in the UK is dilution. Yes. Now, we've, all, we've always said this, this little silly rhyme, the solution to pollution is dilution. But it's more today than ever. Yeah. 30 litres per bather per day. Once again, on the continent, that they have legal obligations to keep their combined chlorines low. Uh, in Germany, 0.2 milligrams per litre. In France, 0.6 milligrams per litre. And yet we're still getting calls in the UK where our combined chlorine is 1.2, 1.4. Yeah. Fresh water dilution. Now, 
a lot of pools in Europe, I, I admit we're not in Europe today, that is a fact. The more we can dilute our pools, and they do it differently to us, they do it on the bather, we tend to say let's backwash once a week and that will do us, not not in the future. No. We, we've, we've really got to control the dilution into swimming pools to get rid, as you say, Mike, of the organic combined mm. that we call chloramines because if we don't get rid of them they they form monochloramine dichloramine trichloramine which is the gas on top of the pool that we know for a fact trichloromethane without going into it too deep we know for a fact that that could be a precursor um to dare i say cancer and i don't want to say that this morning mm. but uh, it is true uh, you know medical research has has been carried out yeah. So, so you know, our, our view is, I'm certainly your two view is, is to keep combined chlorine levels as low as possible. And if that's with dilution, if that's with controlling bathers, if that's with pre-swim hygiene, then that's what we need to do. Thank you very much, Ian. Thank you for um, clarifying a lot of things for us this morning. It's been great to talk to you, Ian, as ever. Um, and as ever, there'll be a lot of people out there who will hopefully now will sit back and take stock and think, well, rather than being told what to do, I've got to lower my uh, pH, I've got to increase my free chlorine level. Hopefully now there'll be a lot of people out there will understand maybe a little bit more why they're having to do it. Well, we have to do it. Yeah, I mean, that, that is the important thing. It's, it's saying when we're tutoring on courses, it's not delivering the information, it's delivering why we need yeah. to do these things. Couldn't That's the important you. thing. Couldn't agree more with you. Yeah. yeah. Ian, great to talk to you. I'm sure we'll talk more. Um, uh, but once again, as Rebecca said, thank you so much. Thank you so, so much for taking your time today. It's been great. We would love to hear from you. So if you have a question about today's episode, then please contact us on our Facebook page or via email, pooltalkuk at outlook.com. Pool Talk is released every Tuesday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Thanks for listening.